Uh, if you'll turn your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 9. Uh, I had, uh, as usual, prepared a message for this morning from Acts. Um, we're going through Acts. If you're uh, a guest with us this morning, we're going through the book of Acts, uh, working our way through there, and, and I had prepared a message from that and just felt yesterday there's a passage that God has been uh, working in me and, and, uh, and really speaking to me through. And uh, I just couldn't get away from it yesterday. I just felt like the Lord was leading uh, to kind of spend a little bit of time on this passage this morning instead. And, uh, and so Matthew chapter 9 uh, is where we're going to be this morning. Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 31. Uh, we just sang a song, uh, Fire Fall Down. The chorus of it is, I know uh, that you're alive. You came to fix my broken life. I'll sing to glorify your holy name, Jesus Christ. Uh, those words, again, I know that you're alive. I know that you're alive. You came to fix my broken life. And I'll sing to glorify your holy name, Jesus Christ. Really, that's, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, the confidence in saying that first line. I know that you're alive. Uh, what do we, what's behind and what's the motive behind us singing that? Uh, personally, I mean, making it personal. What's my motive behind singing that song? What in my heart is going on when I say, I know that you're alive. You came to fix my broken life. I know, I know, I know, I know. Today we're going to look at this passage um, in Matthew 9. It's just blowing me away. And I love every time I read this passage, I, I love it. And it, it God speaks to me through it. But recently just been so much more real and and uh i just i just want to look at it for a few minutes this morning matthew chapter 9 verses 27 through 31 it says and as jesus passed on from there two blind men followed him crying aloud have mercy on us son of david when he entered the house the blind men came to him and jesus said to them do you believe that i am able to do this they said to him yes lord then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame through all the district, through all that district. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you for your words. Thank you for your life. Thanks for leaving it in words so that we can behold the beauty of who you are and the power behind your name and all that you offer us, the grace that you have shown, the truth that you have given. And Jesus, I pray today that you would speak just as powerfully into our hearts as you did that day with those two men, that you would open eyes today just the same way that you opened their eyes that day. We love you, and we believe, Jesus, that you are able. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, this is one of those um, kind of neat uh, Bible stories, right? I mean, here's one of the stories in the Bible where Jesus heals the blind man. That's a, that's a really easy uh, flannel graph. It's a really easy um, story to communicate to people, right? I mean, two men are following Jesus, and, 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 and they want him to, to heal uh, them. They want him to heal them, and, and so they cry out after him, and he does it. He heals them. 
But as I've read this more, I just see something there that is so powerful for me. I mean, as I look at it, I'm convicted as I look at, at Jesus' response and all that he says and, and does in these few verses. Uh, but you've got these two blind men. And, and imagine with me, okay? Imagine with me the mass of people. Just, just before this, uh, Jesus is at the house of this man whose daughter has died. And uh, he comes in and he says um, to the people around, now, now just to kind of give you details about it, there's a ruler who comes and, and, and says, my daughter has just died, come lay your hands, and she will live. And so Jesus goes to this guy's house and raises his daughter from the dead. All right? Now, there's already probably a crowd around Jesus. Imagine the mass of people that are probably surrounding Jesus and the noise. I, I tried to think of it, what, what would... What would I be familiar with that would maybe sound like that? And I kind of thought, um, not a ball game or anything. I don't think they're like just screaming and just making a lot of loud noise. But um, I thought about the mall, like the day after Thanksgiving. It's just a mass of people, right? And just that noise. Just If you just try to be quiet for a minute in the mall the day after Thanksgiving, it's just there's noise all around, rumblings and, and all of that. And I imagine that's kind of the scene as Jesus is leaving this man's house and going along. And, and, uh, and it says, as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him crying aloud, have mercy on us, son of David. Now, they would probably have to cry aloud, right? To get over top of all the noise, they'd have to be yelling out and, and trying to get Jesus' attention. He just raised this little girl from the dead. And if we can just get his attention, if they can just get him to come to us, then our problem might be solved. And maybe he can come to us and heal us too. And so they're just yelling out, yelling out, have mercy on us, have mercy on us, son of David. And what I want to pay attention to is what they said. Because what they said is important. There's two parts of what they said. First of all, have mercy on us. Second of all, son of David. And that phrase son of David is very telling. Because son of David was the, one of the Jewish, common Jewish terms for the Messiah. The Christ, the Messiah who was supposed to come. For, for all of the Old Testament, it's been promised that this, this one, this descendant of David is going to come. And he's going to take care of the sins of the world. And so this, these, these blind men calling out, Son of David, Son of David, Son of David, immediately is saying that they believe that this man is the fulfillment of all of the prophecies promising that someone was going to come and set up a kingdom and bring peace and save the world. And so they're crying out, Christ, Messiah, Son of David, Holy One, as we hear this, this is, this is a huge statement, okay? Because in the midst of all of these people, as Jesus went from town to town, and, and Joe and I were talking about this yesterday, um, there are places that Jesus would go and it would say that um, he couldn't do any miracles because of their lack of faith. Uh, people who just didn't believe he was who he said he was. And, and you look at the end of his life, and certainly they didn't believe who he said he was. And, and, and place to place to place to place, people came out to see the miracles and to see what he was going to do and what he was going to teach. But in their hearts, they didn't really believe that he was the Messiah. And you have these two blind men that are crying out, Son of David, Son of David, Messiah, Christ, Lord man of God, whatever you want to add to that, almost proclaiming, we 
believe that you are the one who was to come. That's what they're saying. Just by those words, son of David. The other thing that they say at the beginning of that is, have mercy on us. As they cry out and say, son of David, uh, son of David, son of David, really what they're doing is they're declaring Jesus' worthiness. No, really what they're doing is saying, we think that you're worthy. We think that you are high and exalted. We think you're the one that was promised to come, and we're, we're crying out your worthiness. But before that, what they say is, uh, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, son of David. Have mercy on us, son of David. Have mercy on us, son of David. And really what they're crying out there is their unworthiness. It's a perspective where they're coming before Jesus and they have this perspective of we are unworthy. We don't just need physical healing. We need mercy. We need mercy that can come only from the Messiah. We need mercy that will come for you. Please have mercy on us, son of David. And so you've got this incredible picture of two men blind who come before christ and 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 declare their unworthiness and christ's worthiness now that's a great picture right i mean if we had someone come to church and and we didn't know them and 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 this is the first time we met and and the first thing we hear from them is i am completely unworthy and christ is absolutely completely worthy end of discussion probably right okay I see where you're coming from. I've got you. I think we're together here. I agree. You agree. Man, Christ is to be treasured and we are unworthy. And that is good news. And it looks like you're on the same page as us. And so, man, we just agree. And if we heard and knew someone that said that, instantly we'd say, man, this guy is exactly where he needs to be. This lady is exactly where she needs to be. And so they come before Jesus and they're saying, we're unworthy. You're worthy. Have mercy on us, son of David. And I want you to see what Jesus' response is. Well, Jesus responds this way. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Now, I think that's a weird question. On the surface, I think that's a strange question because there's two blind men yelling out, You're the son of David. You're the Messiah. You're the one that's promised. You're the fulfillment of all these prophecies. Have mercy on us. To me, that seems like they believe. It seems to me like they get it. It seems to me like they know what's going on and they're coming to the right person with the right question. And, and to me, I look at that and I think, well, yes, right? I mean, I can answer that for you, Jesus. They believe. That's why they're calling you the Messiah. But it's important that we notice that Jesus asked this question. Because here's the problem. Jesus looks past the things that we say. Jesus looks past the things that we sing. Jesus looks past the things that, that we uh, pat each, on the back, each other on the back, the things that we teach, the things, all of those things. He looks past those things to our heart. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter or, or, uh, what, what I'm teaching. It doesn't matter what I'm singing. It doesn't even matter what I know in my head. In my heart... As I sing those words, I know that you're alive. You came to heal my broken life. I can sing that a thousand times. We could have just said, you know what? The sermon's over. We're going to sing that line for the rest of the service because that's truth. It's truth about Jesus Christ. And we're just going to sing it over and over and over and over again. It would have mattered nothing 
if in my heart I cannot answer this question the way that it has to be answered. When Jesus looks at me, when I proclaim words like that, when I'm preaching sermons like this, when I'm, when I'm talking to other people, when I'm singing songs, whatever it is, when Jesus looks at me, he's asking the same question. Do you really believe? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I am who I say that I am? Do you believe all of these things that you're proclaiming with your mouth? Do you believe that I am the Messiah? In your heart, have you set apart me as Lord, as the Christ? Do you really genuinely believe what you're saying right now? It's convicting to me. Because if anyone who said the right things, it's them. They came to Christ the right way. They came saying the exact right things. And Jesus still looks at them and says, do you believe? So what does that mean? And what does it mean to really believe? What does it mean to really have faith? Is it not good enough for me to come in here and sing that song? Is it not good enough for me to come into this place and, and listen to the message and, 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 and even enjoy it and, and listen to the songs and enjoy them and, and jump in and sing as loud as I can? And, and, and if Jimmy or Adam or Joe tells me to sing louder, man, I'm the first one to sing louder. And, and man, I sing all, I know the songs by heart even. So I go home and I sing them at home. And is that not good enough? Is Jesus asking me the same question? Yes, he's asking me the same question. Because when I stand before him, he's not going to ask me to recite as many worship songs as I possibly can. He's not going to do that. He's not going to ask me if I know his name. It's going to matter whether I believed that he is the Christ. In my heart, did I set him apart as Lord of heaven and earth as the king of kings and the lord of lords that i set him apart and so what does that mean a couple things i want to look at a couple passages first one is this hebrews uh, chapter 11 we're gonna look at a couple spots in hebrews chapter 11 and hebrews chapter 11 verses one uh let's go one through three and then we'll skip down a little bit Faith, belief, um, we're going to use the word faith in this passage, okay? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's not just singing, I know that you're alive. It's in my heart, being convicted and believing in my heart and in my gut. This is truth. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind. You are alive, Jesus, and you came to fix my broken life. For by the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Go down a couple verses to verse 6. Without faith it is impossible to please him, God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We must believe in our heart, not just say with our lips, not just know the right things to say and and know how to respond to people in the church who ask us questions about what's God doing in your life. But really in our heart, know, Jesus, I believe that you are God and you're the rewarder of those who seek you. Through these next verses in in, uh, 
chapter 11. This is called the faith chapter. And it goes through and it talks about the faith of all these men uh, from the Old Testament. And uh, the faith of Abel and, and the faith of Enoch and um, the faith of Noah in verse 7. and verse 8, the faith of Abraham. Uh, in verse uh, 11, the faith of Sarah. In verse 17, the faith of uh, Abraham again. In verse 20, the faith of Isaac. In the verse, 20, uh, verse 21, the faith of Jacob. In verse 22, the faith of Joseph. Verse 23, the faith of Moses. And just going through and talking about the champions, champions of faith throughout the Old Testament, men who just believed we believe God and whatever he says, we will do. If he tells us to go to a place we've never gone, we'll go. We'll just go. We'll pack up and we won't have a home. We'll just, we'll just go because he said to go. And we believe that he is God and he's the rewarder of those who seek him. And so we're just going to go and we're going to do whatever he says. And so it goes through this record of, of men and, and people in the Old Testament who just championed God. And whatever he said, we'll do it. And then in verse 32... I love this. I'm going to read from 32 through verse 40. It says, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Let me pause right there. He's saying this. I don't even have time to tell you the stories about the other men of faith who, who loved God so much they did not care what happened to them. Some of them were persecuted. Some of them suffered. Some of them were sawn in two. I love that phrase, the world was not worthy of them. They loved God so much and they believed God so much. It didn't matter what they went through. It didn't matter how they were persecuted. It didn't matter those things. They just treasured Jesus. They treasured God. They loved God. And so it didn't matter what they went through. They just lived for him. They believed God and they believed that he's the rewarder of those who seek him. I was reading through that. And I just thought, man... I was watching I was watching TV uh, a couple weeks ago and uh I'll tell this without getting mad but I was furious that night all right uh and there was a a, a guy on TV he's a preacher from from television I won't say his name uh he's being interviewed by a popular uh interviewer um not going to give any clues here but um uh health wealth and prosperity gospel guy um and so he's on there and he's talking and, and uh, this guy asks him, the interviewer, interviewer asks him, um, you know, don't you, don't you ever feel like when you're spending so much money on yourself, don't you ever just ask yourself, how can I do this when there's people that don't have 
And, and he goes on and he answers and says, well, we do give, we do give to people, we do this, 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 and this. And he said, well, you know, we got this email, and, and, and let me just ask you this question. This is the person asking the question. He said, what can I do tomorrow to be rich? Okay? This is a pastor. His response is, well, let me define what we call rich first. Because rich is not just money, which I agree with. Rich is your mind, your body, uh, your soul, uh, your health, and your marriage. Uh, I doubled one. Should be. Yeah, I did say money. Okay, good. You got it. Uh, and so, if a guy's got a million dollars in the bank, but he's in the hospital with cancer, we think he's poor because he doesn't have healing. Oh, okay. I'm okay now. I was furious because here's the perception that that says if you're a follower of God, he will make you rich and he will make you healthy. Here's my issue with this, the Bible <laughs> and everybody that followed God in the Bible. OK, that's my issue with that. When you look at the champions of faith and how they were characterized, when it talks about Abraham, when it talks about Moses, men who didn't even have a home. People who gave their lives, who suffered and died because they believed God was and he's the rewarder of those who seek him. And they didn't just sing songs about how good he is and songs about how great he is. They said, God, you're worth my life, not just my song. You're worth me being sawn in two. Contemplate that. Because honestly, guys, if we are in that position, if God allows us to be in that position where our life is taken because of his name, a song is not going to get us through it. It's not. If I don't know in my heart the answer to what Jesus is asking these two men, if I cannot say, yes, I believe you are able to. To do this, I believe you are worthy. I believe you're God. I believe you're the maker of heaven and earth. I believe you're everything the scriptures say that you are. And I believe to death. I believe nothing can take that away from me. And it doesn't matter if I'm rich. It doesn't matter if I'm healthy. It doesn't matter if I get stuff. God, you are God and I will follow you. I believe in you. I'll do what you say no matter what. The end of that passage in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 39 and 40 says, and all these, all these men, all these people, men and women, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. What did they not get? Jesus. They didn't get Jesus. All of these people is talking about who suffered and gave so much just because they believed God and the promises of God. They didn't even have Jesus. He hadn't come yet. He hadn't died yet. And so their hope was in a future promise of what God had promised was going to happen, not what had happened yet. And how much more, how much more should those of us who have Christ and who know what he did for us on the cross. How much more should we be able to, to line up behind the people in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and say, yes, we believe, we believe, we believe. 
We'll do anything. We'll, we'll go anywhere. Whatever you want, Lord, we'll do it. Because we're not just singing songs. We're not just saying phrases anymore. Jesus, we believe that you are God and you changed us. And, and we believe you came to fix our lives. You, we believe you came to fix our brokenness. And so whatever you want, whatever you want, we'll do it. And we'll live for you, Jesus, because we believe. And it doesn't matter what happens to us. It doesn't matter where you take us or what you do to us. or It doesn't matter any of that. We believe that you are who you are and we'll do anything for you. It goes on in the passage and I want you to notice their response. They said to him, yes, Lord. That word Lord is important, okay? That word Lord means master. That's a, that's a, submission, a, a submissive response of yes, we are your servants. Yes, we believe you are Lord and we are not. We're your servants. We're your followers. You're the Christ. We need mercy. You're the giver of mercy. Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, see that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame through all that district. I love that. I, I, uh, I don't know what to do with that verse right there, okay? Because they disobeyed Jesus, right? They did. I mean, Jesus told them to do something, and they couldn't. They couldn't do it. I mean, how many of us wish that Jesus would say that to us? Don't tell anybody about me. I mean, that's the truth, right? If we get to it, that would be like, oh, I was hoping you would say that. That's what I've been doing. And so thanks for the confirmation. But here's people that treasured Jesus and who he was so much that even when he says to them, don't tell anybody, they can't help it. It's just like Peter and and the apostles when they stand before the the council and they say, don't talk anymore in Jesus' name. And you decide whether it's right to obey you or God, but we can't help but talk about the things that he's done in our life. And and you see these two uh, seeing men now go and with their sight, they just go and they just tell everyone, look what Jesus did to me. Look what Jesus did in me. Look what Jesus did when I met him. Look how he changed my life. I can see now. I was in darkness. I can see now. Look. Look at Jesus and look what he did. I just, guys, as I've thought through this, I I think of myself. I know a lot of songs and I know a lot of verses from the Bible. and, and, And I have to get to this point where I ask in my heart, do I really believe that Jesus is able to forgive me? Do I really believe that I, I can give him the reins of my life? I, I, don't, I don't want to take him back because I'll mess it up again. That I can really give him control of my whole life. And that he's able to, to do what he promises to do. To save me forever. To take me to heaven. To forgive me of the sins that I have a hard time forgiving myself for. To forgive me. Do I believe that he is able to? to do that and my response has to be the same as the two blind men yes lord yes lord i believe i believe i believe i believe you are the son of god i believe you are able to take away the sins of me i believe you're able to forgive me i believe believe you're able to wash me i believe that you're able to present me before god blameless spotless and blameless i believe that you're able to do 
what only God could do. I believe that in my heart. I want to challenge you with that. It's an important question. You know, I'm, I am huge on knowledge, okay? Uh, I'm not saying I'm smart, all right? What I'm saying is I'm huge on knowing the Bible. I'm huge on you knowing the Bible. That's what I mean. Getting in and studying it and find out what does God say. You can't know God without knowing what he says and studying and getting in and finding out what does the Bible say for me to do. What does the Bible say that God is like? What is the Bible? What does God say through his word? I'm huge on that. But this question is important because Romans chapter 10 is talking about the Jewish people. In Romans chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, but it says this, Paul is writing, he says, Brothers, my my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Okay, he's talking about unsaved people. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They have a passion for God. They know a lot of songs. They know a lot of things to do. They do the right things and they look the right way, but they don't know truth. They don't know me. That's what God's saying. And that's what he's asking these two blind men. You have the right things to say, but in your heart, do you believe that I am who I say that I am? And do you believe that I'm able to do what I said that I'm able to do. I I asked myself that today, and I would ask you that today. We're going to sing and respond, and, and man, I hope, I hope that in your hearts that your response is more than the words on the screen, but just your heart and your whole being screams out, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, you are who you say you are. And in my life, yes, Lord, I give you the reins. I give you my entire life to take it and do with it whatever you want to do. It might not be my plan, but if my life ends up like some of the guys in Hebrews 11, yes, Lord. If it means more of you and less of me, yes, Lord. I am willing to give you my life. Yes, Lord, I believe that you're able to do what you say you're able to do let's pray jesus thank you for your goodness and your grace thanks for your word lord thank you for the simpleness of the message that you have given us in scripture and yet we confess that it is tough it's hard it's hard to follow you it's hard to to let go of the reins of our life it's hard in our hearts to really believe the things that we say We know the right things. We know what what the Bible says we're supposed to do. And so it's easy for us to come in here and even come before you and come before your presence and say the right things and do the right things. But Jesus, in our hearts, we want to set apart you as Lord and we want to believe with everything in us that you are God, you are good, you're the maker of heaven and earth, you're the savior of those who trust and believe in Jesus' name. We love you, God, and we pray that you would help us and, and, and increase the faith in us this morning. As we sing these words, God, I pray that our hearts are screaming, yes, Lord, behind every one of them. That we would not drift off and daydream like we're so prone to do, Lord. But that we would think about you. That we would pray to you. 
and that we would respond to you. Yes, Lord, we believe and we give you every part of us. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.